Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company. On this Wednesday afternoon, just gone midday, that means it's time for the call. Two experts, 10 stocks, 60 minutes to get through them all. And uh, today we're joined by Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Henry, good to see you. Nice to see you, David. And Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Michael, welcome to the call. Good to see you. And uh, sort of getting back to normal, we've got two live people in the studio. (laughs) Usually usually it's one warm body and someone... (laughs) on technology and Skype crackling and all that sort of stuff. So it's great that you can both come in. So I really appreciate it. All right, we'll get to your 10 stocks in uh, just a minute. But as usual, I always pick a stock that's been in the news to get the opinion of our two experts, the stock of the day. Today, I thought we'd take a look at Woolworths, the supermarket giant shares dipped uh, yesterday after it expects full year earnings to be lower amid higher costs in the June quarter related to COVID-19. Now, Woolworths also flagging it will make 1,350 jobs redundant by 2025 in a $750 million move to automate warehouses in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, Supermarkets during the pandemic had a great run as we're all panic buying our toilet paper and all that sort of stuff. Share prices went up. Um, Henry, what do you reckon now? Is Is this a reality check? check for the supermarket sector? Um, I, well, I think, you know, even what's happening in Victoria at the moment, there's panic buying there again. Oh, I, had yeah. a, I had a member on our Facebook discussion group saying that he works in supermarkets and they're seeing the same thing happening oh, really? in Victoria that we saw uh, across the board, I guess, in, in February, March. Yep. So yep. Uh, Woolies is a very defensive stock. I mean, it is yep. good in that respect. So um, sales numbers have been pretty good, pretty buoyant. Of course, those costs are rising. We've all seen the Perspex screens and yep. the, the hand sanitizer and everything. So. I guess for us, the, the, the key to Woolies is the Endeavour Group spin-out, yeah. uh, that demerger, which doesn't look like it's going to be happening till 2021. So, but at the moment, it's a, it's a great defensive business. Um, you know, pubs will be reopening and all that side of things. Right. So that, that's going to help them as well. So um, if you like defensive stocks with, with yeah. little, you know, good growth uh, to some extent, but uh, it's, you always toss up whether you go Coles, or Woolies, and at yeah. times, you know, Coles put a big push in and, and then <laughs> Woolies drop back a bit and then they yeah. sort of swap positions. So it is certainly a, a good stock to hold for a defensive investor, okay. I think. And that, that's right, you've, um, every portfolio almost has to have a few defensive stocks in there, doesn't you, you've it? Have, you've got to have some because you don't want all high growth stocks because what we've seen as well during the corona crash, of yeah. course, is these high PE stocks, they all crater at once and if you've got no kind of hedges there it's really hard and we were discussing before we uh, kicked off today about afterpay you know 60 odd dollars it's extraordinary but they were eight dollars fifty not that long ago Um, and you know they cratered and the flexi groups catered and the and the the wise techs and all these high-flying kind of stocks cratered and then have bounced back extraordinarily uh, with afterpay very extraordinarily so um so yes thirty six dollars (laughs) <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, it's okay. just defensive. There's yeah. nothing really exciting about it, but as a, as a good, good counter, uh, yep. you, and you've got to have some defensive in your portfolio. Yep. Michael, what do you reckon of all this? Look, ultimately, I think it's a bit of a wasted opportunity to be buying it here. So 
I think we've been blessed with a lot of opportunities at the moment. So a lot of companies have fallen in value. So when you look at the market, I think there's, I guess, two buckets of, of companies. There's companies that have, I guess, visible earnings, earnings which haven't really been affected by COVID-19 and are still trading at fair value. And then you have a lot of other companies which, I guess, their earnings are a little bit opaque and therefore they've been smashed with what's happened in the last few months. Yeah. But yeah. they're higher growth companies that have the potential to bounce back a lot more from current levels. So that's where I think the opportunity is, not necessarily Woolworths. I think to buy Woolworths, Coles, Telstra, those sorts of companies here, um, I, I just think it's a wasted opportunity. There's so many better opportunities out there. If you're looking for defensive companies, I'd stick with companies like CSL, ResMed. At right. least they have high earnings growth, whereas Woolworths, I mean, if you look at its earnings growth for next year on an underlying basis, it's still only about 2% and it trades on a PE of about 25. So yeah. I just can't see there being much growth from it over the next couple of years compared yeah. to a lot of other companies. Um, sure, it pays a little bit of a dividend, but I think from this point in time, it's more about the growth than dividends because at the end of the day, with lots of companies, we don't really know what the dividends are going to be mm. over the next year. So yep. I think Woolworths here, it's not one I'd be buying. Okay. All right. That's our stock of the day. Let's move on to your 10 stocks that you've suggested. The first one is from Max, and um, first off the rank is a resource stock, Carpentaria Resources. Uh, they're developing a, an iron ore project near near Broken Hill, and sort of their sort of story, um, if you like it, it's really high grade iron ore products for the steel industry. I don't think they've actually developed it yet, but um, Michael, what do you reckon of Carpentaria? Um, look, the one thing I'd point out with this is that it's a six million dollar market cap company yeah, and the average traded volume is about three and a half thousand dollars a day so right. if you believe the story great but just be very careful in terms of how much you're putting in uh, a company like this it's still an explorer meaning that they're always you know hitting up the market for for more money um, in the last few years it's lost about 80 percent of its its share price so as an investment at the moment, it just doesn't look like something that's that's worthwhile right. uh, investing in. Yep. Okay. A bit too much blue sky. Henry, <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, all these kind of stocks fall into the same basket. You've really got to meet the management because it is blue sky, and you're you're yep. you're backing the people. Um, years ago, when I was in Broken, we used to get you know a parade every week of these guys coming through. Not just these guys, but you know small miners coming through, yep. um, and they call them uh, you know to some extent their lifestyle opportunities because they're the lifestyle <laughs> of the directors. Ah, because right. every now and then they, they raise money and they talk about a world class opportunity and a groundbreaking and all this. But, you know they they put the you know the dog and pony show on. They raise some money. They keep the directors in in, in money for a little while and keep the drillers happy, but. They really don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so you've got to meet the management. You've got to make sure you're happy with the, with the project, the, the underlying project, which out at Broken Hill, this is a Horsons, it's called this project. It's, you know, as, as Michael says, it's been destroying shareholder value for a long time. Um, without meeting the management on these small caps, it's really hard to make an assessment. You want to get guys that are ambitious and want to go places as opposed to sort of uh, long-serving mining identities right. that really just want to see out the... the the twilight years of their career, <laughs> if you like, kick some rocks, um, have a tax deduction, you know, go, 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 the, go, do go some stargazing, go into the wild blue yonder. What's it called? Diggers and Dealers Diggers and Dealers. Yeah, and, they want to go to that conference. They want to they they go to Diggers and Dealers <laughs> and they want to do the whole thing. But it's it, the lifestyle opportunity is their lifestyle, not yours. yours right, um, okay. So unless you really know the company, it's, it's yeah. you know, or you just fancy a punt and let's face it, Australians 
do tend to love a punt, yeah. but you've really got to do your research and know the stuff. Maybe next time you're out in Broken Hill, you pop out and you have a look at the, the project and kick some rocks and you go, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. not for okay. me. All right, Max, uh, there you go. That's a very honest opinion from both Michael and Henry there. Our second stock suggestion comes from uh, from Ruby, uh, Henry, and a bit of a favourite of uh, of the call. Gets a, a bit of a following, ProMedicus. Um, it's, a, it's a big healthcare imaging software group that uh, that sells it into uh, into hospitals around the world, basically. Diagnostic, um, yep. ultrasound and things like that, isn't it? And very much based in the, I mean, very much focused on the US. US. I mean, that, that, that's yep. always the big attraction. And you can see, you know, the healthcare costs in the US are just extraordinary. Yep. You're, you're coming out of coronavirus if you survive and you're getting a million dollar bill. You can see why uh, Australian biotechs and, and medical device companies are very keen on that American opportunity. So yeah. ProMedicus has a, a, a number of uh, their sort of flagship products. Visage 7 is one of them. And they've just signed up Northwest uh, Memorial Healthcare, $22 million five-year contract. And these guys are just signing up all the time and they're doing well. It's, you know, you look at the chart and it's had a, what's it? It's had a huge bounce yeah. from 15 bucks to, to 20, 27. 27. So a lot of these things have really just rallied so hard. I think there just needs to be a bit of consolidation at the moment and just right. waiting for reality to catch up. And we don't really know what's happening on the ground in the US as well. You know, they've still got these pockets of infection states that are, that are going, um, you know, not particularly well into, you know, Texas and Florida are not yep. going well. So that's going to interrupt normal hospital kind of procedures and it, it takes away some of the focus I guess on signing up new partners in uh, in the US so for, for me it's a hold at the moment but it's certainly a great growth stock great story great opportunity but it just may need to consolidate a little bit right so is there is this one of those stocks that you've uh, that's bounced significantly it put on your your watch list yep. if there's a big pullback in the market yep. because it's well run Good products, yep. and hospitals are pretty sticky customers too, aren't they? They once are pretty sticky in. customers. Once you get in, and certainly once you get the sort of the uh, the imprimatur of, of, of a decent hospital, and Northwest is one of the, the big yep. chains. Once you get that, then you can kind of leverage that into the next one. You can say, you know, we're ASX listed. We've got these guys under contract. We can then go to these guys, yep. um, and it really does help. But mm. you know. For for us as a, as a as a as an institution, not an institution, we're not an institution. We should, probably should be an institution. But for us as a company, we're a little bit negative on the market at the moment. We're just we we've gone uh, quite heavily into cash at the moment. Just we're just a little bit uncertain about things um, because there's this kind of tug of war going on between stimulus and the real economy. Um, and so I think what you know, percentage you got in cash in our managed fund that we run the SMA is hundred percent. 100%? 100% in cash. Cash, whoa. So um, we, we were very brave back in February. Before it all hit, we went to all cash, and then we went all in to the market on March the 23rd, which was the bottom. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, taken the decision again a couple of weeks ago to go back into all cash. And not because we think there's an imminent crash coming, but just because we were a little bit uncertain. There were a few things for us that were, were okay. piling up on the negative side of the ledger. And the only thing that was on the positive side was the Fed and yeah. you know, the old adage, don't fight the Fed. Yeah, exactly. But there were all the these things, that. the infection yeah. rates in the US, the, the economy, yeah. um, trade talks. We saw yesterday how twitchy the market was. Yeah. You know, Navarro says it's all over Red Rover yeah. and the market goes from up 50 to down 50 in, in the blinkest of an eye. Yeah. 
So um, we just. Goes, well, maybe not. And then Trump <laughs> says, "Well, maybe not." You know, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's it almost is. a comedy circus. It's really skittish. It is so life. skittish. I yeah. mean, even today, you know, again, we we can't really make up our mind. There's a bit of this. There's a bit of that. And we're heading yeah. into reporting season. We've got end of financial year. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that stacked yeah. up. This okay. side is against this side. All right, uh, Michael Promedicus. Yeah, look, I like the business. I think they've, you know, I reiterate everything that, um, that Henry said. I mean, the, the cash levels are good. There's good earnings growth. Um, they also announced a buyback recently, up to 10% of listed shares. So that always gives you um, some good, good buyer yeah. support for the share price. Um, I agree it needs to consolidate. It actually is consolidating. When I had a look at the chart, it does look a bit weak at the moment. So right. I think it will yeah. come back here uh, in the short term. That will right. give investors a... A better entry point and um, I agree in terms of the market I think there's more downside risk at the moment so we've been quite bullish in the last few months on the market we're very much driven by what the charts are telling us stick yeah. with the trend until it's over yeah so I think that big move down we had a couple of weeks ago on our market um, on a Thursday is telling us to expect you know possible weakness at best I think our market goes sideways so mm. um, again I think in the next few weeks there's a bit more risk for the downside than upside and if we yeah. get that happening yeah. I think you'll get a better entry point for ProMedicus. Okay so ProMedicus around that $27 mark at the moment what's mm. a reasonable price for it? Look this thing Probably. can fall a few dollars right. pretty quickly so um, yeah it's made huge ground since those March lows uh, even if it gives back often when a stock pulls back against the trend it might pull back about a third of that trend oh. so even if it does that you're still looking at at least a few dollars downside which right. is quite big in terms of percentage terms so yeah. that's why I think as an investor you don't yeah. need to rush here for right. ProMedicus okay. just give it a few so weeks. So if you get in anything under 25 bucks 24 or 23 it's, it's done to, yeah okay all right there you go Ruby some some great direction there um, our third suggestion comes from June, and it's uh, the flying kangaroo. Michael, what <laughs> yep. do you think of Qantas being battered? Uh, it's starting to, mm. as the engineers call it, wake up their planes <laughs> after they put them in deep freeze. I'm actually going out there this afternoon to because they're they're opening um, lounges again and the new protocols yep. and things like that. But uh, Again, you talk about uncertainty, travel uncertainty is, mm. is certainly still at its peak, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Look, I, Qantas is one of those companies that we started buying in April, and I don't think I've ever bought shares in Qantas before. I've always yeah. steered away from, from airlines. Um, I think with something like Qantas, it's to get in, you're definitely using a bit more of a trader's instinct here because we don't know what their earnings are. Yeah. We don't know when people are going to start flying again. So we've basically got a situation where the stock's been smashed down to about $2 in March because back then we thought we'd all be in lockdown until September, yep. 100,000 deaths by now. Who knows when we'd be flying again? Clearly yep. things are coming our way a lot quicker than expected. So you're you sort of going off instinct to get into something like Qantas, figuring out that, okay, it doesn't deserve to be at $2. It doesn't deserve to be up at $7 either, but it probably does deserve to be somewhere in between. And we've got a situation where they're a monopoly now. So yeah. Virgin isn't around. So when flights do resume, uh, even if they're at lower levels, you're pretty much flying with Qantas. So yeah. I think that, yeah, look, I think it's still an opportunity here, close to $4. Uh, there's, there's an opportunity. Yeah. Again, I don't know what their earnings will be over the next year. So yeah. we're, we're going off instinct. But based on the way it's trading, the volume coming in, uh, the way that we are reopening quicker than expected, except Victoria, unfortunately, at the yeah. moment. But 
uh, I think there's opportunity there. And that's the same with Sydney Airport as well. So yeah. I think Sydney Airport is the other opportunity in that space. I'd be steering clear of companies like Flight Centre, right. Webjet. So companies that you don't have to use yeah. when people start travelling again. Companies that have, I guess, issues yeah. with, with debt, whereas Sydney Airport... Qantas, their monopolies, okay. they're not going anywhere. So Qantas, good. Sydney Airport, good. Sydney Airport or Auckland? Oh, look, I'm happy to stick with local. Stick um, with Sydney? Yeah, with what okay. I understand. I mean, Sydney Airport's got the monopoly. There's higher traffic, yeah. traffic yeah. volumes. Um, they did update the market about a month or two ago that in terms of funding, they're, they're pretty set for yeah. at least another year. So yeah. I think that's no. the better bet. Yeah, and and the other bet is parking prices won't come down. Exactly. At, uh, Sydney Airport either. <laughs> Henry, what do you reckon of Qantas? Uh, I mean, Qantas is, is, has been part of the big travel trade, I guess. Yep. Um, and we've seen all these travel stocks really rebound, and the punters piled into the Qantases, the flight centres, so the Webjet. Webjet yep. um, raised money at a dollar seventy. Yep. You know, it's and they've got to four fifty, four sixty. They were actually worth more market cap than they were pre-COVID after the capital raise and the dilution with no income at all. I mean, it, wow. it just, you know, riddle me that one, Batman. Yeah. So um, it's, I, I can't get excited about Qantas. They've got no international flights for some time to come. Yep. Um, domestic, are you going to be jumping on a plane? I, I know that we've got our end of financial year uh, party in theory in Melbourne next, in the next week or so. Will I go down there and risk Gladys closing the borders? Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, so I think it's going to be a little while before consumer confidence returns to the airlines. Alan Joyce has done an absolute stellar job. Yeah. He's, he's the best manager. It is one of the best airlines in the world. It is so probably the best managed, managed airline in the yeah. world. So yeah. you are taking a punt on things getting back to normal. But as we've seen, this coronavirus is an insidious kind of creepy thing. Yep. And, and it just keeps popping up. And that does lead to, to further restrictions. I just think, you know, there's probably easier stories at the moment. We've seen the oil price increase. The income side of the ledger, as, as Michael says, is, is completely unknown at the moment. And mm. um, we know that they've got a pretty strong balance sheet. They've got the debt under control, etc. Great management team. But if nobody's flying, all that goes yeah. out, the, um, out, the, okay. out the portal. All right, uh, Michael, our fourth stock has been suggested by Ben. Evolution uh, Mining, uh, a gold miner. Owns six mines from um, New South Wales through to, to Queensland and Western Australia. What mm. do you think of evolution? Look, I've been two minds about this. I don't like the way it's been trading because the gold price has been doing pretty well recently and evolution has been weakening off over the last few weeks. I mean, it's having a good day today, um, but they did downgrade their guidance um, slightly the other day. So um, it's probably not the best pick out there, but what I'd you know, my advice to people is if you're looking at evolution or any gold stock as a hedge, yeah. they're, they're not a hedge. They're, at the end of the day, they're equities. And if you have a look at what happened in February, March, when shares are getting thrown out the window, that includes the gold stocks as well. So yeah. um, look, at the moment, the gold price is going up. I think if you want to capture that, you look for one of the better miners or you look for a gold ETF. Right. Um, but just having any any old gold company like Evolution right. in the portfolio. Well, it, it has, by the look of the charts, it's risen. It, um, mm. Been along for the ride, hasn't it? As yeah, look, the it's... The whole market um, is like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bounced well in the last few months. The last few weeks, yeah. it's come back, um, despite the other gold gold stocks heading up. But um, but as you could see at the beginning part of, uh, of the year, it did come back. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As I said, it just got chucked out with all the other gold stocks. So, yeah. look, at the end of the day, it's a company. It has its issues. They had their, their downgrade 
the other day. So, yeah. um, look, it's it's one of the the top companies. It looks like they're just having a a bit of a rough time of it at the moment. Right. And um, yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, the gold price will go up, but I'd rather better options look at, around. Yeah. Okay. I've got to say, I like Evolution. I think Jake Klein is, is a class act. He's done an absolutely stunning job with this. Yeah. Um, they've just sold uh, Krakow, which yep. is uh, one of their mining assets. 60 million bucks they got for that. They're all in sustaining costs below 1,000 bucks Aussie. Um, they have had some issues and they have had a small downgrade, as Michael says. And they haven't really um, hit the straps in the last few weeks. Uh, but then the whole gold sector has been under a little bit of pressure, not because of the bullion price in US dollar terms, but because the Aussie dollar has been hovering around that 69 cents. That's really yeah. hurt uh, the Aussie dollar, um, uh, the uh, Aussie minus a little bit. I think this is still a class stock. And I think realistically, they are a hedge against uh, market downturns. And I know we saw in March that everything was thrown out. The baby yep. got thrown out with the bathwater and all that leverage had to be unwound and they were just trying to get liquidity. But I think generally, in general terms, having some gold exposure in your portfolio is not a bad way to get uh, mm. some sort of hedging because if, if if the custard does hit the fan then you will get uh, a little bit of an uplift there and we could easily see right. bullion go through 1800 without yeah. too much trouble and then everyone will start talking about 2000. Uh, so as Michael said would, would you rather go a gold ETF sort of no there's one GOLD yeah, which no. is just the bullion price uh, I, <laughs> so you, you take out that management yeah, you do. But, you know, the gold ETF is not the most exciting thing in the world. It's not going to give you... The great thing about gold miners is they've got that leverage to it. If, if the cost is still a thousand bucks and gold goes up by a hundred bucks, you know, that's, that's a lot of extra money for these guys. Right. And they've been... What the gold miners have done over the years, which a lot of mining companies have now grasped, is they've been quite frugal. They've driven costs down. They've got the... Uh, I mean, Fortescue's done it. Twelve bucks a, yep. a wet metric tonne. But gold miners have done the same thing as well. They've got the products to be pulled out the ground cheaply. Yep. And that's good news. So yeah. the frugality is paying off. They've got the leverage to the gold price. And you don't, you don't even need to see the gold price go up necessarily. You can see the yeah. Aussie dollar come off. Right. And, and you get that effect without yeah. the, uh, the, the ETF. So for my money, I, I would always go for the gold miners because it gives you an extra kind of and kicker. The, and the good ones. And the good ones. And All that's right. one of the good ones. Uh, our fifth stock has been suggested by Simon. So we've had a really good mixture so far in um, med tech and resources and, and travel. We get back to a, now a real estate investment trust. It's called National Storage. Yes, it's all those big storage centres around the country. But this is the real estate investment trust, Michael, that actually owns the centres, doesn't, doesn't run yep. them yep. as a business because they're all franchised out. But this is the property play of national storage. I think a lot of these properties have been fairly resilient. So obviously retail properties, you know, you could assume that the valuations would be uh, lower than what they were at the beginning Bit of the year. Pressure, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, national storage has held up well. Their occupancy rates, they had an update the other day, you know, down a few percent to 79. Um, which isn't too bad. So it's got an element of resilience there. It's been trading pretty well since the March lows. It's got a nice mm. trading profile. Yeah. Um, look, it's one that if I was in, I'd continue holding it because it's, it's got a trend to it. Yeah. Um, I couldn't be buying it here because, you know, as we could see on the chart, in terms of risk reward, there's not that far until it gets to its old peak. Yeah. Um, I don't think it necessarily deserves to be at its old peak, um, but you've got all the downside from where it's come from. So as a new entry point here, 
uh, I wouldn't be looking to buy it. I mean, I like Goodman Group. That's the to right. me, that's the pick in the in the sector. Yeah. Um, but National Storage, I, I'd be happy to hold it. Yeah. But Goodman Group just seems to be the standout, doesn't it, at yeah. the moment amongst them all? Why? Yeah. Well, it's in it's industrial property, and that hasn't really been affected yeah. um, by COVID. It's uh, you know the vacancy rates are ex- extremely low. Uh, they've got um, next you know next to no debt compared to the other. Uh, REITs as well, so yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just been very well just run. Just streets ahead, is yeah. um, Henry? I like National, national Storage. I like National Storage. Um, it, it's a well-run company. Uh, I put it into uh, as a recommendation for small caps uh, around, I think it was around $1.70. They did a capital raise at one fifty-seven, yeah. which was pretty good. It's got a, it's a nice, stable business. It is, to some extent, geared to the property market. Um, yeah. I know that probably sounds a bit weird, but when you're going to sell your house, you tidy everything up and you hire a storage unit and you, yeah. you stick all the, the rubbish. Um, I was going to say something else, but you stick all the stuff in, in your storage unit and then the house looks all pretty and beautiful and away you go. Um, these guys pre-COVID had two g- corporates interest in them. I think there was a $2.20 oh, right. bid and there were $2.40 on the table. Yeah. Now, yeah. both of them walked away because of COVID. Now, they're going to be back, aren't they? Yep. At some stage, they're going okay. to be back. These guys are going to wait till COVID. So over. that was the reason for the spike there. That up was to the $2. reason. That was the reason for the you spike. Had all that takeover speculation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the most exciting business in the world. It's no. storage. I mean, they, they build and manage uh, these storage facilities, and it, it's a nice, stable, great returning distribution business, which is obviously why there was the attraction for. Um, for some of the uh, the corporates out there looking for it, so two twenty two forty raise money at one fifty seven. They're what one ninety or something at the moment. Yeah. I think there's some more upside in this one as new normal comes into play, yeah. and we see. I think that you know the next phase of this when things start to sort itself out. Having raised all this money, which we've seen for companies, there's going to the next phase will be, hey, what are we going to do with the money we've raised? And there's yeah. all these vulnerable targets out there. M&A will start, and we're seeing that to some extent in the, in the nickel market at the moment. There's a few little things happening there, yeah. a few things happening in REITs as well. Cromwell Property, uh, they had a bit of uh, interest, a bit of a nibble for a, a strange proportional acquisition yesterday from, uh, from Gary Weiss and some of his mates. Right. So I think there's, there's potential for corporate action in this one, okay. and it's a great stable. It, well, I think we've even seen now it's kind of re- not recession-proof, but it is. It is kind of disaster-proof to some extent. You don't yeah. rush to your storage unit and suddenly take everything out. Where are you going to put it? Yeah, 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 yeah. The customers stay for a while. It's um, sticky. All right. So a yes from uh, Henry on national storage. A no from Michael. If we just recap the first five, um, Henry likes Woolworths. Uh, if you want a defensive play, not for Michael. Uh, better options out there. Um, a no for Carpentaria Resources from both Michael and Henry. Um, both agree that ProMedicus, great company, great products, sticky customers, share price really high, put it on your watch list. If there's a pullback, well, maybe a great opportunity to get in. Um, Michael um, is a yes for Qantas, a no from Henry, uh, no from Evolution um, from Michael, a yes from Henry, and uh, National Storage. We just had the results there. So let's get on to our, our sixth stock. and. Um, Michael, this one's been suggested by Samuel. Uh, Australis Oil and Gas. Now, mm. this is an oil and gas company. Uh, Henry, you were talking before. Look at the management of where they've come from and their experience. And Australis seemed to trade on the fact that it was 
uh, formed by the founder and executives of Aurora Oil and Gas. Um, and um, uh, they have a, a really big interest in it. So does that make a difference? Well, I mean, you invest in something so it can increase in value and yep. this has lost over 90% of its value just in the last two years. So, you know, that's a, it's going to need a hell of a rally. Hammered, yeah, yeah, it's going to need a hell of a rally just to get your money back if you bought it yeah. any time before the last few months. So um, to me, it just look, it does seem like a bit of a waste of time. So um, that is know, an ugly chart, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's not and, one you want. And just and just on awful. the point of um, you know with these small companies, yes, you need to really get involved and understand the company. But I think the trap um, that a lot of investors fall in is they then become emotionally tied to the company. Well, you don't uh, want, you don't uh, want to admit your mistake. Yeah. Do you? Well, that's that's right. They, you they feel like hope. <laughs> exactly, and then they hear all the great stories from management. Look, this is what we're going to do. We're raising more money. We're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they just and they see a share price that's at three cents and they figure, well, I can't lose any more. Yep. I might as well stick with it. And, and it just it just never <laughs> ends. So there's, they, they just don't have that, I guess, unemotional uh, switch to say, okay, this isn't working, get rid of it, move on to something else. So yeah. um, look, just heading the wrong way. Shale gas in the US, um, it looks like they're drilling in Portugal as well. Um, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on the energy sector. Um, right. Obviously, I think that you know, if we look forward a year or two, the demand for oil will pick up quite a bit compared to where it is now. So there's opportunities to invest in, you know, I'm sticking to boring names like Woodside and Santos, but I'm right. pretty sure that their share prices will go up. Uh, this one, I'm not sure if they'll even be around next year. Okay. All right. Henry, what do you reckon with Australia? Uh, not, it's got a nice name. Yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not really one for me, I've got to say. I, I did read the other day, I think it was on Bloomberg, that they were talking about 300 billion US dollars worth of write downs that US shale companies will need to take yeah. uh, upcoming very shortly because of the, the crash in the oil price. Well, this, is, this is exactly what the Saudis yep. tell them to do, isn't it? That's, That's why yep. the Saudis have pushed the price down to get the shale or guys out of America. Yeah, well, that's exactly. And these guys, you know, they're in a new area, it's a new play, this TMS play uh, in uh, near Louisiana. It's just, it's just too hard basket. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go down that road, there's a stock that I've been following for a long time, Byron Energy, BYE is the code. Um, I've liked it, met the management for a long time, did pretty well yeah. out of it, but it's, it's crashed as well because of the oil price. Yeah. But they've got good production coming on stream. It's, you know, these are tiddlers, these are, these are speculative buys, but as, as I said with uh, Carpentaria, you need to meet the guys yeah, uh, and it's all very well saying, you know, we did this before with this company twenty years ago. Great. So, is, is this your lifestyle now that you're just going to keep doing the rattle the tin every now and then and get some more money and yeah. keep your director's fees coming in? So, for me, unless oil was sixty bucks, yeah. nah, no, nah. okay, all right. So uh, that's pretty clear direction there for you, Samuel. So we go from uh, speculative end of the oil and gas market mm-hmm. to uh, to another real estate investment uh, trust. The Charter Hall Long Whale, W-A-L-E. Now, Michael, help me out here. It stands for something like weighted average lease something or other, isn't it? So basically the basis is that they um, lease properties to long-term government tenants institutions. Mm. Yeah, exactly. basically the fundamentals of it? Yeah, definitely. And and obviously that's giving them some sort of resilience in this this environment by having those tenants in place. So um, it's a mix of office, retail and industrial property, almost about a third each. 
um, and the occupancy rate is uh, it's 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 in the high 90s. So right. it's you know yeah. it's it's fantastic. It's a six percent yield. There's no franking. So I think there's a lot to to be said about this particular investment um, for people out there. Um, you know, when I have a look at the way it's trading on the chart, it's it's trading in this band between about sort of four seventy to to four dollars. So I wouldn't be buying it just yet. What I'd be waiting for is either a pullback towards that four dollar region. Otherwise, if it can make a break above four seventy, that's going to tell you it's not going to come back, and right. and you might as well step in. But right. look, I I think it looks good and one for the watch list. Okay. Um, it's nice and defensive. It's got a broad yeah. spread of assets, including petrol stations, which just done some deals with uh, with Viva there. Um, there were some rumours in the media that maybe they were going to do a capital raising. The company has denied it, um, so maybe they protest too much, or maybe they just want to get the share price up a little bit. But you know, it certainly you know there may be a capital raising down the track. It may be an opportunistic one as opposed to a balance sheet shoring up exercise, right. uh, so they can go on the acquisition trail and buy, buy more assets. Th- there's obviously a, a question mark over REITs generally in yeah. terms of the asset valuation. We've seen you know, all these vacancies, even walking around Barangaroo, there's, there's office oh, space. Absolutely. You know, how's that going to affect property valuations going forward? These guys have got long-term uh, clients, governments, etc., blue-chip customers. So I think this is a good, defensive, high-yielding, nice yeah there's nothing wrong with it right um i think if you get the chance to buy it on a really crappy market then yeah. you know it's certainly so like michael said it's a great income it's a great income it's a great income so if if you're an investor out there that needs uh yield and you've been bitterly disappointed by what the banks have been doing because <laughs> yeah. that's been your favorite yeah mm. is something like this an alternative yeah, something yep. to look at. Yep. Very much so. I mean, the, the problem with REITs generally is they don't pay the franking. So the franking has pushed right. people towards yep. uh, the banking sector because they've got that nice 100% franking credit that goes yep. along with it. So you can bump up those dividend yields quite considerably. The, the REITs generally pay a pretty yep. good rate of return, but the distribution is a distribution yep. as opposed to a dividend, and you don't get the franking benefits. So that, that's kind of... But hey, if you're getting 6%, what are you getting in the bank? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a key difference too. Yeah. All right. Our um, so um, a yes from Henry on on the charter hall long. A yes from Michael. If you can get down towards a four dollars, or if it breaks above four dollars seventy, might as well get into it because it will probably be going to a new level. Uh, eight stock has been suggested by Ellie. Um, Mesoblast, Mesoblast um, another one of these uh, med tech companies that provides treatments for inflammatory ailments, cardiovascular disease, back pain, and during COVID, it had a bit of a nibble. Uh, maybe we've got a COVID treatment as well as every med tech stock did. Um, Michael, what do you reckon of Mesoblast? Um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a funny company. It's been a wild ride, I think, over the last 10 years. It's yeah. you know, up to 10 bucks, down to a dollar raising money every now and then um, and just ex- just been trading in an extremely volatile manner over the last uh, few years look yeah. I've you know I've had a, I've had a crack at this before yeah. yeah I mean I, we've had a crack at this before just in and out um, just seems to be a good trading stock um, you know they're obviously not making a profit they're, they are getting some revenue from um, from some of their their other treatments but it's you know they're, they're spending more than they're earning yeah. um, and now they're into this uh, um, uh, I think some respiratory issues related to COVID, they're COVID, trying to yeah. treat that 
um, and it's trying to get fast-tracked through the US and there's been some promising results. So the last promising result was announced at the end of April. The share price shot up, but within a couple of days it was sold down and it seems to be struggling again. So I think that that excitement's all priced in and all the profit takers have come in and, yeah. um, and are hacking away at the stock. So I can't really see it making much progress from here. Um, I think just based on past performance, it tends to disappoint after a while and, right. and then okay. drift away. Yeah. Anyway. Um, th this has been an interesting one, I've got to say. I've, I've been uh, in and out of this one, a bit like Michael, I guess, to some extent. Uh, it was one of my highest conviction buys, sub oh. two bucks, right. uh, in the small cap portfolio that I recommend to, uh, to newsletter subscribers. And it did really, really well. It did struggle for a while. And as Michael says, they, they gobble money. They right. do gobble money. And in the past, they've had to, because they haven't had too much income and they haven't had too many great results, they've had to go to some, um, shall we say, unusual funding methods, oh. which have been quite costly right. in terms of how much they're actually paying for that funding. Because they've had some success recently, and because this treatment that they had for some acute uh, lung problems has been kind of linked with COVID as well. And they're doing some trials on that at the moment. It's going to take a little while, obviously. Um, they've been able to raise money easier through the equity market. Right. Funnily enough, I mean, they peaked at, what, 420 or something. Funnily enough, that coincided with a big puff piece in one of the, the papers I saw on the CEO, uh, Sylvia Icescu, who um, was, you know, finally mesoblast is coming of age. And it was in yeah, Bloomberg yeah, as well. Right. There was front page of Bloomberg. There was the little Aussie that finally is getting there and all this. And you just think... No, that's, <laughs> that's the top, isn't it? So I think they peaked at sort of 4.20. Right. Um, and they've on been that in, day. On that, yeah. pretty, much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much on that day, there was a bit of hubris. And, and they've been dribbling back ever since. And some days they've been really dribbling back in a big way. I, yeah. I think, you know, chart-wise, they've had a stellar run on the back of COVID and, and hopefully these trial results being positive. And they do tend to, to come out quite regularly with, with updates, but they do suck money. They have had some, some good success doing uh, some joint partnerships with people yeah. and they are getting revenue from elsewhere. So it's a much better story than it was. And because of COVID, it's giving them better options to raise money and they have raised money. Yeah. Um, and when they raised money, I can't remember what it was, but the stock went up 10% or 20% yeah. yeah, yeah. after the raising. You know, everyone yeah. just went, let's get on board. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'd really like to buy it at three bucks. Yeah. I was kind of, um, you know, take your money and run after such a good run. And they're coming back now, and I'm. It's it's starting to get interesting at three forty, three fifty, but three bucks. You start going, yeah, okay, we can, because these trials take a long time, sure. and they're also expensive. Yeah, that, and they do burn through money, which yeah. you know, it's. Uh, it's an interesting space though, because it's they do churn through money. They got to plow it back in through yep. R and D. So it's sort of timing your investment to. You know, get yeah. rid of all the boring bits of just the trial and error, and wh mm. whether it works, and and for takeoff with with the management. So, yeah. you know, you look at ProMedicus, which you could sort of class in the same sector. Uh, from what you're both saying, it seems to me that ProMedicus is probably a better longer term bet than this. It's probably a safer, safer bet. It's, it's slightly different. I mean, the problem with biotechs is they tend to be binary outcomes. Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't work for uh, COVID, there's going to be some disappointment. It, yeah. the, the thing still works for other acute lung infections and yeah. COVID was kind of a bonus. 
But um, I remember when this stock was 10, 12 bucks a few, everyone was going on about this stock. You know, it was yeah. stem cell, it was gonna change the world, we were all gonna have synthetic knees with stem cell <laughs> stuff put in them and all this kind of stuff. And almost it was gonna be the next CSL. Yeah. And then over the years, it's just taken forever, taken a lot of shareholder money down into trials, and it's never really got there until we've had the pandemic and suddenly everyone's gone, oh, maybe this can help with that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Which a lot of stocks. They're, not, they're, they're not alone. No, exactly right. <laughs> if, you've got a, if you've got a COVID story, it does give you a, yeah. a bit of a kicker at the yeah. moment. Whether you can deliver is the, uh, is the real issue. Um, Michael, our ninth stock comes from uh, John. This is uh, an ETF, the Vanguard Australian Shares Index. Yep. What do you think of it? Um, well, I guess it just comes down to the whole story of do you want to be in an ETF or do you want to pick individual stocks? So, yeah. you know, asking a stock picker, I wouldn't <laughs> buy it for my clients. Yeah. Um, they think, well, why am I using you for? Um, so, you know, I think there's better opportunities to buying an ETF. But as we know, people in certain situations, for them, it's easier just to get an ETF, um, yeah. pay the lower fees. Longer term, they can do well because... You know, not all money managers beat the index, as we yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so that's an easy way to um, to gain that exposure. Um, we, I mean, Henry and I, have been, you know, we spoke about our views on the market earlier on, and yeah. that we think shorter term, uh, it looks probably a little bit bit dicey. So I wouldn't be rushing into this ETF if I was looking to buy it. Yeah. Um, but even longer term, I mean, I'm I'm bullish the market, but I think you know we might have a choppy few years. So the ETFs have had a great few years there. They've really grown in popularity because the market was just edging higher. It was yeah. it was pretty easy. So if that runs over now, if that year is over and we undergo this period where, you know, similar to the 70s where the market just chops around a lot, 20% up and down, yeah. um, you might be better off actually stock picking than just sitting yeah. in, a, in a passive investment. Right. So is that the issue? Is that the, the changing sort of dynamics of the market now? Whereas you know, the last four or five years, it's been increasing across the board. Mm-hmm. So basically, ETFs yep. have mirrored that and wasn't yep. a huge, huge challenge. But now it is going to be individual companies or individual sectors that are going to move out of time with the rest of the market. I think so. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's right. you know that's where we get um, sort of our value. But yeah. you know, if that does happen, then you might find yourself frustrated in a couple of years from now that the market just hasn't gone anywhere because we've had interest rates have gone as low as they can go pretty much without going into negative territory. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only so much money printing that can happen. You know, we've got a recessionary environment right in the middle there because of COVID. So, you know, the, the index overall just might not make much progress. So right. you'd have to be in and out of, you know, you'd have to pick the companies. Okay, well, these guys will do well. These guys won't. So I'll be exposed to that. And when that runs yep. over, I'll move over here. And then I think that's where, yep. um, okay. you know, you'll get the benefit. Henry, Vanguard? Um, it's, it's just the ASX 300, basically. Yeah. So if you like the ASX 300 and you like the market, then it's a really good way to get set. The great thing about ETFs is they're fantastic for asset allocation. Right. If you just want to be long shares, done. Yep. Done that. Yeah. Cost me very little. Yeah. Um, yep. So in, wanna, your self, in your self-managed super in fund? In your self-managed super fund, I want to be long, I yep. want to be long the ASX 300, boom. Yeah. Done that. Oh, then I'm going to buy an investment property, I'm going to buy gold, or I can, you know, whatever you right. want to diversify and build that portfolio. So it's fantastic <laughs> for asset allocation. As Michael says, it's not great for stockbrokers, 
because we are in the business and, and newsletters like ourselves, we're in the business of stock yep. picking and stock selection and trying to outperform. But what it does do for clients is it gives them that instant asset allocation. Yep. And then they can then sit back and, and with more time on their hands and pick, okay, right. I like that stock, I like that stock, I like so that stock. So an index might give you the, the foundation of your equities portion. Yep. Might be fifty percent of your equities portion, and then you might the say, "Okay, well, I want I want to put ten percent into some speculative stocks, and yep. I want to put ten percent into buy now, pay laters, and I'm going to put in some into afterpay. I think yep. that's going to do really well. But I also want to have my base here, yep. um, and I think you know the Vanguard thing is it's easy, it's cheap, it's good to get into, yep. um, it's good to get out of. It's it's got that liquidity there. It's a pretty big one, yep. um, and it's great, especially when you get um, you know when we get these sort of tectonic plates shifting as we did in March and February when the markets collides and you need to make that big asset allocation quickly. The, over, the institutions do it, they just go and buy the futures market. Yeah. They just want to get set in size. Yeah. Dunk. They don't want to mess about trying to fiddle around with afterpay and buying 10,000 here, but they want to get set in size. Yeah. And ETFs can do the same job for retail investors as well. So there are a lot of these share index yeah. ETFs around. There's the, yeah, Is the, Vanguard, Vanguard one of the better ones? Or? Uh, they're a pretty big name, yeah. Right. So it, you okay. know, it, the, the, it, it all comes down to liquidity and most of the big providers of, of ETFs, it's in their interest to provide liquidity. And there's, there's, there's different levels of liquidity. So for instance, there's the liquidity you see in, in the actual market on, on your iris screen, but there's also a, an underlying liquidity because there is a, a fair value to that product. There is a fair value to the ASX 300. So right. if it got sold down too much, the arbitrages would, would take that fair value back up by arbitraging it. So okay. there is a depth there which some investors like, mm. but it's just really good for that instant yeah. asset allocation. Okay, yeah. March hits, we want to be long the market. We don't know which yeah. ones, yeah. let's buy the market. Right. Yeah. And then okay. we can fiddle around and choose which ones we think have been oversold. Yeah. All right. That's good direction for you, John. Hopefully you uh, appreciated that. Our 10th stock that you've sent through comes from Steve and Michael, BSA Limited. It's, a, uh, it's a, basically a services company in the, in the telecommunications mm. field. Yeah, so it's a fairly small company, about yeah. a 120 mil market cap. Um, you know, they had a recent announcement that their earnings had grown over the year, but there was a slight hit to um, some discretionary spend. So um, they've they've cancelled their dividend, but they've got a lot of franking credits, so they're going right. to try to do something with that later on. Um, you know, it seems to be doing okay as, as a business. Um, the only thing I picked up on having a look at it was the liquidity. So I think a lot of investors, they just pile into something and they don't look at the liquidity. So this one trades about... <laughs> How easy it is to get out. <laughs> yeah, so this one trades $35,000 right. on average a day. So you don't want to go in and buy yeah. 30 grand's worth or even 50 grand's worth because, you know, if it hits the fan, you're going to have, yeah. you know, a lot you're of trouble getting get out. out. So yeah. um, that's that's the main thing I'd, I'd bear in mind. Just start with a small parcel. Okay. All right. <laughs> we call stocks like this trading by appointment. Right. <laughs> because, you know, you look at it today, it hasn't traded. Yeah. And as Michael says, you really want stocks that, that trade yeah. so that you can get in and get out. And, you know, if you wanted to buy 50,000 shares, you'd move the market 10%. So right. um, similarly, if you wanted to get out, you're going to move it um, by 10%. So that, that is a bit of a negative. It does look a bit like a private 
company that's kind of ended up being listed and yeah. really there isn't a real probably reason. shouldn't be listed probably yeah. shouldn't be listed it doesn't look a bad um, company per se the announcements have been relatively okay given the, the backdrop of CV yeah. uh, and they've re restated the dividend policy in terms of the payout ratio so it could well slow grind up but without that liquidity it's it's just hard you know it's, yeah. it's hard work what yeah. are you going to do if you well they today 20 Five and a half, twenty-eight and a half. So you, yeah. you buy at twenty-eight and a half, and then you hope that they everything shifts up to where you bought. It's, no, it's just too yeah, hard. Too Trading hard. by appointment is always a, a yep. tough game. Okay, all right, uh, decent business there for you, Steve. But um, you know a lot of other fundamentals to look at that probably worth avoiding. Um, that's all we have time for today. That's the ten stocks that we've got through. Uh, let's just recap the uh, the last five. Uh, Charter Hall, um, Whale, um, yes, if you can get around that $4 mark, um, that would be better better buying. Mesoblast, a, uh, a no. Uh, Vanguard um, ETF, it's a good ETF if you just want to lump in and buy the market altogether. But uh, if you really want to get value, you need to get good advice, like from Marcus today and Fairmont Equities, <laughs> to, uh, to pick the right stocks. Um, and VSA. Yeah, reasonable company, but really hard to get into and out of, and um, and that's what you've got to consider. Uh, Henry Jennings from Market Today, really great to see you. Pleasure. Thank you, and Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Thank you. Uh, welcome aboard to the call team. Good to be here. Good on you. Uh, that's it for the call for today. If you want any stocks um, looked at or su suggest to our our team of experts, you can email through your suggestions the call at osbiz.com.au or. Send them through Twitter. Our handle is at AusBizTV. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.